This episode goes out to Richie and Corb Wepnick, two of my biggest supporters out there up in Huff, Ohio. Been very supportive of me during the pandemic, uh, sponsoring me, supporting me, supporting the podcast, downloading it, you know, visiting my sponsors, supporting my sponsors. And I wouldn't have made it through the past year if it wasn't for you guys. Is that good? That's good. P.S. Between you and me, I would have made it through the last year without them. I totally would have. No problem. And the podcast, maybe the podcast would have suffered a little bit, but, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Now click uh, start intro. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Season two, episode four. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I do have to start off with a little bit of housekeeping, and we're going to get into it. So just one second. Thank you. Thanks for putting up with that. Uh, let's answer some... Let me look at some emails. That's something I haven't done in a while. Let's look at some emails. Emails. All right. Here we go. Very complimentary one here. <laughs> uh, for, let's see. Who is this from? Will K at Yahoo.com. He's got a question. What's it like to have a successful lifestyle brand and podcast? I'm aspiring, dot, dot, dot. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, thank you, Will. I appreciate the interaction we're having. Uh, you know, and it's as a content creator myself, it's been, um, it's really been rewarding for me to get to engage with you um, on this subject. Well, what it's like to have a successful podcast, uh, it's like the lifestyle brand it's exciting it's rewarding uh it does it it is very financially rewarding you know i'm not gonna sit here and lie that is a big part of this um that cannot be underestimated (laughs) so uh i would say the money and the interaction with folks thanks so much for the email we have another one from where is this one from from this one's from metro atlanta uh georgia actually where i live and where all my friends and family live as well uh will this season is supposed to be all about things that make you laugh and boy it's been quite a journey you've given us a lot to laugh about (laughs) oh thank you uh i really appreciate you giving us a voice by reading our emails and for letting us have a voice in this podcast, don't get me wrong, but this is supposed to be about things that make you laugh. Sincerely, oh, this is Dale. Oh, this is Del uh, Del Waterberry. Del Waterberry. I know the Waterberry family. Uh, Del, how are you? Thank you for reaching out. You know what? 
you make a good point. That was it's cool that I give you guys a chance to have your voice heard on the podcast. But, you know, there's some other great points being made, though, about how the first three episodes were about things that make me laugh and about that's what really this season was going to be about. And the first one was about contagious laughter. Episode two was farts. Episode three was falling, getting hurt. So here's another quick one. Another instance of getting hurt and being funny at the same time. I have to start off by telling you that I do have a cold right now. I know it's obvious because I sound like I have a cold, but our young son went off to daycare in the past week, and of course I immediately got sick, just like the stereotype about your kids going off to school or daycare and bringing home, making everybody in the house sick. And I hate stereotypes, but but not for the right reasons. I like because it does hold groups of people back. It disenfranchises people. Stereotypes are not good for society in general. But I hate stereotypes because a lot of times they're annoyingly true. And there's a lot of those about having a child that ended up coming true. And that was one. We sent him to daycare and within 36 hours, I had a cold. And I hate that about stereotypes. So in middle school, we would take our instruments to the band room, drop them off before the day started, and then go to our homeroom. We would dilly-dally, of course, but that was like that was the process. So the bus would drop us off, we'd go over to the band room, and we went in there one day, and there had been like an exercise class the night before, like after school. Like some kind of like continuing, or like you know, some kind of like city exercise class with these like half pound and two pound hand weights. And they were, they had, to, I guess they had to use the band room because for whatever reason. So they didn't clean them up. So when we came in in the morning, there were these weights kind of lined up there, which actually brings me to one of the things I wanted to talk about today, which is throwing. And how important it is for middle-class suburban kids, or at least for in my experience it was, throwing. Whether it was, you know, you find something. The first thing I did was think about throwing it. I'm not joking when I say the most important thing in my life for, for a couple of years, when I was 11, was super balls, bouncy balls. That's all that I thought about. Those like gumball machine bouncy balls. That's all I thought about. I thought about where I could get more of them, where I could get some of them, where I could get money in order to buy bouncy balls. I needed a vendor. I needed like places. There was a machine at the like A&P near us, but I went, I needed more. I needed larger ones. I needed surfaces to throw them against. I thought about that all the time. I would think about throwing a bouncy ball, you know, against an enormous like porcelain oh, I don't know, toilet, public toilet. Like, I don't know, the boys' bathroom at Marietta Middle School. Like, you know, that. Like I, I would, I'd look at something and go, man, I'd love to throw a bouncy ball against that. It was, anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is it's an inordinate amount of space in an 11-year-old boy's mind for throwing things. And it's all we really did. Like, I went home. I would just go home every day 
and throw a tennis ball against the side of our house. And then sometimes I would kick a soccer ball at the side of our house. And then sometimes I'd throw a basketball at the side of our house. And that would, that would be like an evening. We found metal plates in the woods, these square, sharp metal plates that someone dumped in the woods. They immediately started throwing them like ninja stars into a tree, carving out side of the, uh, an entire side of the tree with like hundreds of these sharp metal squares. And our first instinct was just to throw them. It was like, here's a box of them. There's a thousand of them. They're sharp. I'm going to throw this. So there I am in middle school with my buddies. We're dropping off our instruments. They're the little weights on the ground. And the room has those super high ceilings, big band room. And, you know, our immediate instinct was to take the lighter, like half pound iron little like hand weights And try to throw them into the ceiling. Like, so, you know, as you do, we're like launching these things up in the air. Like, um, like if you see those, those, uh, strong men, like throw a log where they hold it with both hands underneath the log. And then they, they lift their whole body and fling the, like a log over their head. We were doing that, but with these little weights, of course we were 88 pound seventh graders and we're trying to throw them, trying to hit the ceiling and, Man, I wish I could say this guy's name, but I can't. Um, he has a fake name on Facebook. I wish I could just say his fake name. Anyway, he and my other buddy, we were three of us were throwing them. And um, I, at one point, I stood and looked down at one of the guys, and he was looking up in the air, and he looked at me, and our eyes met, and he went, oh. And then I just felt and heard this woo. And his eyes were following the weight that he had just thrown up in the air that was about to come down onto the back of my head. So our eyes met and he knew, I, I know I'm not blaming him because we were all throwing weights up in the air and he realized that it was too late. Like there was, there was nothing he could say. He just went, Oh, and it went. Boom. And then the world went a little dark for a moment. And I felt that, like, industrial concrete slab plus quarter inch of carpet against one side of my face where I lay. And I could hear the bell ringing that was signaling, like, that it's time to go to homeroom. And I saw these little feet scampering by as people, like, left the band room to go off to homeroom. And I was just laying on the carpet... And there was a ringing in my head, and there was a ringing of the school bell, and it all just kind of blended together. I went, I ended up going to the, you know, the school nurse. <laughs> you know, you have to explain what happened. You have to explain what happened. You kind of want to say, well, Davin threw a, a weight up in the air. I was throwing them too. We were all throwing them up in the air. We were trying to knock a ceiling tile out in the band room with these little weights that we found. Anyway, one of them hit me on the back of the head, so I'd like to go home or whatever. I don't know how I presented it, but they gave me a big <laughs> big plastic bag with a bunch of ice in it, and I sat and I like had to go <laughs> to class, and I was late, and I had this big wet bag of ice that was sitting on top of my head the rest of the day, and I didn't even get to go home anyway. anyway. There was laughter involved. Uh, I could hear people laughing. 
there was that's why this story is a funny story because there there was laughing as people scampered out of the room you know probably also concerned that you know I was dead or something but but not enough so that they you know there there was laughter so it is a funny story I think I certainly guffaw thinking about it I miss you guys I'll see you soon we're going to come back next week with I don't know more horse shit <laughs> You're now leaving MF21. Just press firmly and it continuously eliminates odors in the air and on soft surfaces for 45 days. 